Welcome to the Chris Marshall Show, helping others achieve their goal of living a life well-lived. Join myself and others in pursuit of financial freedom and entrepreneurship so we can all live a more fulfilling life and have the freedom to live life on our terms. All right, how's it going, everyone? So this is video number four, tip of the day, thought of the day. Um, still don't know what to call these yet, um, but that's not stopping me from actually filming them, right? So uh, don't, one of my favorite sayings is, um, commit first, figure the rest out later. I'm, I'm not certain exactly who, who said that or where I learned that from. I'm pretty certain I didn't make it up. Um, it's probably Grant Cardone or something is where I heard it first. Um, a lot of my slogans come from him. Um, anyways, so uh, I committed and, and I'll eventually figure out um, what to call these and, and everything. Um, anyways, so today's thought or tip or whatever you want to call these is actually going to be less of a thought and more of um, some actual training, uh, specifically over something in real estate investing. So uh, a while back, I was looking up the most answer or the most asked questions on Google, and number eighty stood out to me, um, which was how much house can I afford? And I know that is, um, you know, the question was probably asked by a homeowner, someone looking to live in a home. They were trying to figure out what uh, they could actually afford based off of their income. Uh, but I wanted to kind of answer that as a real estate investing question. Um, you know, how much can you afford to pay for a house um, that you want to use as a um, real estate investment? You know, so assuming we're looking at a single family home that you plan on renting out, um, I want to kind of walk you through how I figure out what uh, I can afford to pay on a property. Um, you know, my, so I'm going to give you a little verbal description uh, of what the basis of this pretty extensive spreadsheet that I built out for myself um, tells me. All right, so um, this is I, I look at a little bit more than this, but this is a pretty good little summary without getting into too into the weeds too much of this because uh, my spreadsheet kind of goes pretty in depth into some of the analysis of the property. Um, so, anyways, so we start off by trying to figure out we're looking at how much can I afford to pay for a investment property we look at the income first uh, we always want to know what can we actually um, per, what what can we actually assume that we're going to uh, be able to rent this property out for uh, so assuming I'm looking at a house this is actually a spreadsheet that um, I currently have uh, the building on so these are the numbers for um, what my analysis was on a, on a rental that I currently have rented out right now. Um, so let's let's kind of go through this. We're, we're looking at the income first. We start off by saying, what, what can we rent out the property for each month? Uh, so on this one, we're renting it out for $900 a month. And, and we want to know what that's going to look like annually. Okay, so um, on a single family property, you're probably looking at just the rental rates as the income you might find some extra stuff in there that might be different. Maybe you offer to take care of the yard. Um, maybe maybe you're taking care of the lawn mowing. Um, 
or uh, you could factor in late fees. Um, hopefully no one's, um, you know, calling you late, but yeah, you know, you could factor those in. Um, let's see, what else? Um, so yeah, si single family homes probably just looking at the rental rates, uh, the monthly rental rates at, as your income. So the next we need to find out whatever our expenses are. Um, and on a single family home, there's probably three that you're looking at. In my, in my spreadsheet, I really only try to find three numbers. Uh, there's three fixed numbers that I try to find. Um, and then there's a total of six expenses, but the other three are a percentage base of the um, annual income. So the, the three that you need to actually find are the property taxes, property insurance, and then management costs. Are you gonna self-manage it or are you going to hire a management company to come in and take care of the entire thing? Um, are they collecting the rent? And then we need to know what those are. Um, even if you plan on self-managing it, I recommend factoring in that management costs because you, one, that could be your income off the property. Two, if you ever get to the point where you have so many, you might want to, um, take that burden off of yourself and hire out a management company. And if you factored your numbers way too close, you're never gonna be able to hire a property management company to actually take that uh, the, the, that um, job off of your hands, you know? So you, you've built yourself a job that you can never get away from then, you know, or you have to sell that property. So I like to factor in the management costs regardless so that I know that it's making the money. And then um, I would I always have that option later on down the road. So for this property, uh, we have the income of $900 a month. Uh, that comes out to $10,800 a year. Property taxes on this are somewhere around $577.44. Insurance is somewhere around $1,081 a year. And then management on this is coming out to about $1,473. Um, and so like I know that number because um, it's a percentage base typically. Management companies usually charge a percentage somewhere around five to six percent. And so that's what um, this is coming out to, you know. Um, so that's something that you're gonna wanna find a management company and ask them, kind of get, feel out a couple different management companies in your area and get kind of like a general consistency of what uh, the local area charges for management fees. Um, Cause it might always be different. So. Anyways, um, the next three that are percentages of the annual income, they're not things that you can really guesstimate. They may or may not happen. So CapEx, it's capital expenditures. Um, it's basically big repairs. You know, uh, say your, your roof, something falls on your roof and you gotta repair your roof, you know? Uh, yeah, you have insurance on the property and that's, that's great, but it might not take care of all of it, you know? So you set aside um, some money for large expensive repairs. That's your capital expenditures, right? Um, that's the best way that I like to explain it. Um, so a lot of people, this number can vary. It depends on how old the property is. Um, do you think that you're going to need repairs? What, what's kind of the risk on this property? So, uh, this one here, we were putting some money into it. We put a little shy of $5,000 into it when we purchased it. So I knew a lot of the stuff was going to be repaired. Um, and we weren't gonna have too much wrong with it in the first few years. Um, so I only factored on 5%. Uh, if you feel like 
it's kind of risky and you might have something go wrong with it in the first few years, factor on 10%, um, you know, just plug that number in there. And so that percentage is a percentage of the total annual income of the property. You're setting that money aside each and every month out of the rent into a checking account usually. I mean, you could put in a savings account, I guess, but um, I'd recommend a checking account in case you need it. Anyways, uh, don't use that money. Uh, that's not your income. Um, don't get in the habit of spending, you know, th these next three items. They're just, there's just going to be money sitting in an account. Uh, don't, don't spend it. Um, you need that money sitting there in case something happens. That's what it's designed for. So don't get in that habit of spending it. All right. Uh, so that's capital expenditures. That's expense number four. Expense number five is vacancies. So instead of factoring, you factor in 100% vacancy in the income, right? So I'm saying that if I can bring in $900 a month for 12 months, that's 10,800. But what if, you know, what if I don't get someone in there on, on January 1st of each and every single year and maybe it sits vacant for a month? So that's what the vacancies is designed for. On a single family home, if you have, um, if it sits vacant for a month, you know, that's one twelfth vacancy. That's that's a lot, you know, if it's sitting vacant for six months, that's 50% vacancy. Um, so that's why when you start real estate investing and you, you eventually get, you know, farther in your career, people like to recommend, you know, looking at things with multiple units, duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes are great in the beginning. Um, then your, the rent isn't just factored off of one single unit. You have, it's a little bit more spread out, right? Um, that's just something you need to take into account. So on vacancies, I do minimum of 10%. Um, unless it's a actual building with multiple units, um, then I'll, then I might play with that number a little bit. Uh, like we just put in a, we just got an offer and accepted on a property. It's uh, two units upstairs and then a business downstairs. I think I factored on a 5% vacancy on that one. Um, but this is a single family home. So I left it at 10% vacancy. Um, I knew going into it that, uh, I was already working with a management company. They already had a tenant for it when I bought it. Um, that was willing to sign a one-year lease. So year one, I knew that I was going to have a 0% vacancy, um, but I still factored on the 10% vacancy. Uh, that way, if in year two or year three that the person decides to leave, they don't re-up and it sits vacant for a month while we're waiting for the management company to get a new tenant in there, I have that factored in there so I know that uh, the property can still pay for itself. Um, so the sixth expense is a miscellaneous expense. That's exactly what it sounds like. It's your fudge factor, you know. Um, it could be small little repairs, you know. There's uh, a, a light, a light broke, you know, and you need uh, to go spend a hundred bucks on um, a new light fixture and go over there and repair it, you know. So uh, it, it's small expenses, stuff that anything that you could just do out of pocket, you're not worried about where you're going to come up with that money, you know, um, real small stuff. Uh, and it's also the fudge factor in case you mess up on something, you know, you need a little bit extra for the vacancy. You need a little bit extra for the capital expenditure. Uh, you know, you, you taxes went up for some reason immediately right after you purchased it. And so your property taxes increased by a hundred bucks, you know, um, something like that. That's, that's your fudge factor there. You, you keep that in there and you don't ever touch that money if you don't have to. Um, so after that, you should have your total annual expenses. You're looking at annual expenses, annual income. That's what we want to look for. 
that gives us our NOI, net operating income. Your net operating income is income minus expenses on an annual uh, term, right? So we don't wanna really look at the monthly NOI, look at the annual NOI. It helps out when we're looking at the next thing. So after we find our NOI, uh, income minus expenses, uh, we need to figure out um, our debt service. Okay, so our debt service is our mortgage times 12, right? So our monthly mortgage times 12, what does it cost? What are you paying your bank for them to have the loan on this? So to find that out, you kind of have to do the next two steps together, right? So it takes a little bit of playing around uh, with some numbers to figure out um, what you can purchase and, and, and what your mortgage is gonna be. You kind of need to know what your purchase price is um, before you can know your mortgage, right? So what I start off with is I just put the purchase price in as what, um, and with a 20 down, 20 percent down payment, um, that's what my mortgage is going to be. Uh, you should talk to a bank. The bank's going to be able to tell you, hey, uh, if you're looking at a real estate investment property, you're looking at a 20 year loan more than likely. And at least me and around here, you're probably looking at around a 5% interest rate for 20 years, for at least the first five years, probably. Um, it'll be variable after that, more than likely. Um, but just figure on those first five years, you know, that, that's the number that we're looking at. That's the mortgage payment that you're gonna be paying on first. You know, so just put in the purchase price, whatever they're asking for. Um, if it's, you know, whatever, if it's $120,000, um, purchase price, I can tell you right now that it won't work because I've ran these numbers now. Um, but say they're asking for $120,000, you know that the income is going to be $900 a month because that's what it could rent for. The property management company has told you that. You got all your expenses on there, you're good to go. Now we're looking at, uh, now we got to find what the mortgage payment is. So we start with what the purchase price is. We say we're going to do a 20% down payment, um, and that's going to give us what our mortgage amount is. If you've talked to the bank, put in the things that they put in. I know that I'm looking at a 20 year loan with 5% interest rate, so that's what I use. Um, sometimes I'll put in a little bit higher. I think um, on this property here, I have a 5.69% interest rate on it. Um, I'm not exactly certain why I ran it with that number. I normally put in 5%, so whatever. Um, so yeah, put in your, your loan amount and all that, and then you could use, just go to Google or Bing or whatever you use, type in mortgage calculator. Um, there's usually one that pops up right on the thing. Um, let's see, I'll just go on mortgage calc. Yeah, the very first thing that pops up is a pretty simple uh, mortgage calc. It says the mortgage amount, your interest rate, and then the mortgage period in years. You know, so if we put in, um, let me use a calculator so I can make certain I do this right. 120,000 um, times 0.8 for a 20% down payment. That's $96,000 mortgage. Okay, so a $96,000 mortgage. We're looking at a 5% interest rate for 20 years. That means our monthly, our monthly mortgage payment is going to be $634. All right, so we take that number and we put that in, uh, we times that by 12. Um, and that's going to tell us what our debt service is. Okay, so $634 times that by 12. Your annual debt service is 7608 All right, so if you just go and look at the NOI, so if you take those numbers that I took earlier, right, um, annual income was $10,800. Um, 
expenses that I talked about earlier, the total annual expenses came out to $5,291.44. That means my NOI is $5,508.56. All right, so right off the bat, I know that uh, $7,608 um, yearly mortgage payment is more than the $5,508.56 NOI that I have. So I already know that that's not gonna work. Um, I've ran these numbers enough to know that you're usually looking at $900 a month mortgage or $900 a month rent. You're looking at needing to be in the total deal for about $70,000. That seems to work out pretty much every single time that I run the numbers. Um, so that's what uh, we're gonna do. So what we say is, okay, now that I know, I've done this a few times, I've kind of played around. I know that I need to have about a mortgage payment or I need to have a purchase price of about $70,000 to make this work. That makes my loan amount $52,500. Okay, so we run the payment, or we run the calculations on that. $52,500, um, 5.69 is what I had in my calculator for 20 years. Um, we're looking at a payment of $304.38, okay? Um, so we, we played around, we found out the debt service now is um, $304.38 a month, 304.38 times 12, you're looking at $3,652.56 a year roughly, <laughs> roughly. Um, so we found out the income, found out the expenses, now we know what our debt service is. All right, um, played around with the numbers till we found a mortgage payment that was less than our NOI, all right? Um, and we found out what that could be, 52,500. Now we need to find this little number. It's called the debt service coverage ratio. And this is what the banks actually want to see, okay? And this is why those three things were important. So we did the income, the expenses, and then it gives us the NOI, all right? To find the debt service coverage ratio, we take the NOI and we divide it by the debt service, okay? The yearly debt service. So um, once we find a mortgage payment that's going to be less than our NOI, then we can start kind of playing around and seeing what the uh, debt service coverage ratio is going to be. Um, so in this example, um, with a monthly payment of $304.38, the debt service comes out to a 1.66, all right? The banks, banks typically on a real estate investment property, uh, they wanna see a 1.25 DSCR, debt service coverage ratio. All right, so after we find a monthly payment, we can just sit there and play around with that number, right? We can play around with our loan amount until we find one that works out with, um, one that works with our debt service, okay? Um, so let's see what, it, so in theory, we could offer more than the $70,000 purchase price on this $900 a month rental single family home. Now, that's just looking at what the bank would call a good investment, okay? There's other factors in there. There's the cap rate, and there's the cash on cash return, and the ROI. 
Right. I, I look at those things a little bit, um, but I invest for cash flow. I like the monthly income coming in to offset, um, you know, our, our cost of living. So I look for, I mainly pay attention to the debt service coverage ratio. Um, and so that's what I would use to look at for how much of a house or how much can I afford to pay for this real estate investment. Um, you're looking for a 1.25 DSCR. So as long as your debt service is 1.25 times greater than your net operating income, which is your income minus expenses, you're probably good. You can pay that for that house, right? Um, now your bank is gonna be the one to sit there and tell you all the loan terms. You know, they're the, you need to go find a banker who's willing to um, sit down and talk to you. Um, probably, you know, a lot of banks may or may not work with you on this type of stuff. Um, and not all loan officers are created equal, right? Um, go and find one who specializes in working with small businesses or real estate investors, or they do small commercial loans. Those are, those are the people that you want to look for, right? Um, if you're here in Farmington, Missouri, where I'm at, go talk to, um, Greg Sebastian over at First State Community Bank. Um, great guy, right? Um, he's gonna know, he's gonna be able to help you with stuff like that. Um, a lot of the guys down at First State Community Bank, they'll be able to help you with this stuff. Um, so anyways, yeah, figure out what your purchase price is. The bank is gonna tell you what they want to see as far as your down payment. Um, and then they are going to tell you, you know, you're probably looking at an interest rate of this and you're probably looking at a loan term of this, all right? Um, and you fill those in um, to your measurements. They'll be able to, then you just go to Google, right? I'm on Google right now. I typed in mortgage calc, um, and the very first thing that popped up was was the simple mortgage uh, thing. You know, it's, it's three numbers is all you have to know. What's the mortgage amount? What's the interest rate? And what's the mortgage period, you know? Um, so it's not it's not really complicated. You need what you need um, one uh, six so that's seven. You need seven numbers, and then eight nine. You need eleven numbers, right? You need to know your income, uh, property taxes, property insurance management, cap expenditures, vacancies, miscellaneous. Three of those are just variable. They're, they're what you want to put in there. You need to know the purchase price. You need to know what your down payment's going to be or what, what your down payment's expected to be, the interest rate, and then your loan term. Okay, with those 11 numbers, you can sit there and you can find the DSCR. Um, the the actual math is not hard. It's minus, you have to minus something and you have to divide something. That's, that's pretty difficult. The mortgage calculator, you, you look up on Google, right? So, so the way the, um, the math works, income minus expenses equals NOI. The debt service is your monthly mortgage times 12, right? 12 months in a year. And then your NOI divided by debt service 
is your uh, debt service coverage ratio. Um, and that just needs to be a 1.25 or more. It's pretty simple. Um, so like in this factor, uh, we'll, or in this example, we'll, we'll run through this real fast one more time. Um, $900 a month rent. The property taxes are about $577. Insurance is gonna be about 1,100. Management's about 1,400. Capital expenditures, I have at 5%, which is $540. Vacancies at 10%, which is $1,080. And then 5% for miscellaneous, 540. That comes out with an NOI of 5,500, just about. Um, I'm doing a purchase price of 70,000, which on this example was the actual purchase price uh, that they came to. We didn't negotiate at all. They told me what they wanted for the property. I was able to give them every penny that they wanted, uh, $70,000. Um, I knew that I was going to do a, um, I ended up doing a 25% down payment, um, which brought the, uh, the loan amount to 52,500 at a 5.69% interest rate on a 25 year note. I had a monthly payment of $304.38 times up by 12. Um, that gives me everything I need to know for the debt service coverage ratio, which came out to a 1.66. So I was able to take this entire thing to a bank along with a contract that we had signed for the purchase of the property. They looked at everything and they said, yep, let's do it. Um, you know, just so you know, um, you know, the cash on cash, came back to about 10%. Um, for some reason, my ROI on this one here is broken. My calculations, my spreadsheet broke on that. Um, so it just says error. <laughs> um, so I'm not exactly sure what the ROI would have been on that one. I'd have to figure out and fix my spreadsheet. But the cap rate uh, was about a 7%, you know, um, 7.8. So those, those other numbers, you know, you can go and you can look up uh, stuff on that. But yeah, that was, it, it's not hard to figure out what you can pay for something. Um, even in business, it, even if you're looking at purchasing a business, there's a few, there's a little bit more, you know, that goes into the expenses and the income when you're looking at a business. But I've actually looked at uh, two businesses now with pretty much this exact same spreadsheet, you know, at least the same calculations. I still look at the same thing. You know, I say, um, you know, how, how much money am I going to make? What are my expenses? And then uh, based off what I know the business financing is going to be, um, can I make it work? Am I going to make more than what I have to pay to make it work? Um, and those are the numbers that you're looking for. Banks want to see a 1.25 BSCR. Anyway, so yeah, if you have any more questions on how to kind of like analyze property, um, for a real estate investment, uh, feel free to reach out to me and ask. Um, I love analyzing deals. Uh, like I said, I, I built a pretty elaborate custom spreadsheet for myself uh, so that I can analyze properties rather quickly. It gives me exactly what I need to know. Um, the banks love my spreadsheet. Every time I walk in there, they like it. Um, I've, I've had them you know, look at it multiple times to see where I can do a little bit better with the calculations. So. Um, I'm, I'm trying to work on getting this actually out into some sort of app, uh, which I haven't really talked to anybody about yet. Um, 
I got some some developers trying to work on it right now. Um, it, it'll be kind of a cool thing, but just like a quick little rental calculator app, so that um, it's pretty easy to use, pretty self-explanatory, and anybody that wants to get into real estate, they have a tool that uh, should be able to just print out a report basically after they punch in those 11 numbers that will um, hopefully help them you know show the bank that they have what they need for um, you know the income and all or, or show the banks exactly what they need to know uh, so that they can look like bosses when they go into a bank um, they look like they know exactly what they're talking about they got this nice spreadsheet of all these numbers laid out exactly like how a bank's gonna want to see it and uh, it should be a nice little easy tool for people to use. Um, so yeah, ho hopefully that'll be done before too long and I can start marketing that. I've always wanted to own like a, a little app, um, you know, and create my own little app. So I'm pretty excited about that. I hope that comes through um, and, and is as good as I'm, I'm hoping it will be. Uh, but yeah, thanks for watching. This is a little bit longer. Let me know what you think about this compared to just the little daily thoughts. Maybe this will be a different segment or something that I can do once a week or something, just a little training video on something. Um, if you have a little, if you have an idea, something that you want me to shoot a video on, um, let me know. Um, yeah, I, I do quite a bit of stuff, you know, so, um, and I, I try to talk and learn to everything I can about pretty much everything, so at least I know a little bit about everything. Um, I'm much more of a generalist than a specialist, so yeah, let me know if there's anything that I can help you with, um, find knowledge on, um, or if there's anybody that I could try to help connect you to. Anyways, I'm Chris Marshall. Um, yeah, have a great day. Bye. Music from filmmusic.io. The song Ice Flow is by Kevin McLeod on incompetech.com. Licenses Creative Commons by creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0.